0: Welcome to CII Podcasts.
1: I would like to introduce our key speakers, Architect Habib Ahmed Khan. Architect Habib Ahmed Khan graduated in architecture from VNIT, formerly known as VRCE, and went to the USA where he completed his master's in architectural design from University of Illinois, Urbana Champaign. After his master's degree, he worked in Philadelphia, coordinating major retail design projects for retail giants across the world. He was awarded the JIIA best interior design award by the indian institute of architects iia kaff young architect awards awarded the orange city achievement award and state level excellence in architecture and education award by iia maharashtra chapter he has worked with major hospitality groups like taj citrus Mahua and celebrations and few major campuses in central india Architect Habib Khan is also involved in teaching since the beginning of his career. His design thinking teaching revolves around sensitizing students towards their own heritage and roots, context and climate within the framework of being contemporary. He has also been nominated by the Government of Maharashtra on the Council of Architecture. He is currently the President of the Council of Architecture. Architect Habib is an avid painter and has exhibited his paintings on Mahabharata, Ramayana, and Kabir. Now, I would like to introduce you to Ms. Kohilipuri. Ms. Kohilipuri is carrying more than 21 years of experience in the real estate industry. She has earned her master's degree from Indian Institute of Technology Delhi in Building Engineering and Construction Management. Post Bachelor of Architecture from Bengal Engineering College, IIST, shippur She has held positions of great responsibility and seniority as Head of Operations, North India, during her tenure with leading industry player, Jones Lang LaSalle, India. Ms. Kohili is a recipient of several prestigious national and international awards. She was awarded Outstanding Leadership Award at Realty 2.0 at Dubai for her contribution in real estate. As an entrepreneur in March 2022. She has also been featured in several national and international business magazines like Forbes India, The CEO Magazine, Fortune India, etc., to name a few. She is currently the founding and managing director of Studio XP Management Consultant Private Limited and Studio XP LLC UAE. With this, now I would like to invite Ms. Kohili Puri to initiate the conversation with architect Habib Ahmed Khan. Over to you, Ms. Kohili Puri.
2: Thank you so much. That, that was a wonderful introduction. Um, sir, we are very much honored to hear you today. And, uh, since you're the stalwart in this industry and the entire architecture fraternity would like to know why do certain nations are traditionally performing better and what we can do so that India can become, you know, leaders in design and architecture we are market leaders in many things but european countries are always taking over us in the design and architecture it. so sir we need your advice and uh, <laughs> an no.
0: see let us understand uh, first uh, okay. whether they are taking the lead number one number two where if at all they are taking the lead if we agree that they are taking the lead then where have we lost To see traditionally what Bharat was, what India was, it was phenomenally rich, not only financially, economically, but culturally, traditionally, you know, all all points of view, spiritually, we were one of the most advanced countries in the world at that time. Benefit of all, and you know these concepts made us over a period of time a little less aggressive, you know, and welcoming all who came. We welcomed. So many people who came you know maybe invaders maybe you know colonizers you know whatever we, we did and probably that's why we lost you know or gradually over a period of time we lost a lot of uh, our own selves so that's why we say that i mean the west or the other countries have taken lead and other other countries have become you know more advanced and more systematic and more organized and uh, more advanced so to say so let us understand one more thing. When it comes to design, you know, clearly When it comes to design, when it comes to uh, creative pursuits and creative arts, if you see, in that case, if you you know, you'll uh, you'll you realize that uh, uh, if you see their music, or if you see their performing arts, uh, there means the Western world or the so-called advanced world. You know, they work in cohesion. They work in an absolute cohesive manner. If you see their opera singing, if you see their performances, if you see their sure. philharmonic orchestras, hundreds of people playing the same note simultaneously with perfection on a violin maybe, you know, on a harp maybe and things like that. Our performing art, if you'll see, is individual oriented. there will be a classical vocalist, there will be a tabla player. Or whatever it's individual oriented now this i'm giving an example and this has come up you know in in every aspect of our modern day indian lives you know this has percolated down so now you'll ask me how it affects you know how it affects the the societal behavior at large behavior towards our nation behavior towards our culture people society at large how does it affect now this Thought process and this mentality of ours makes us very individualistic. I'm not saying anything negative or you know in a in a kind of way, but it makes us individualistic. That's how we perceive, you know, because all of this put together is design, basically. You know, design is is there everywhere in our existence. The way our body is designed, the way nature designs, a small leaf or a small tiny insect, or a, you know, amoeba or a parasite or a you know virus or whatever everything is designed in in a certain way and design incorporates all these things that we're talking about so that perception what you're asking is you know uh, that is one aspect where I talked of uh, living in brotherhood and living in togetherness and working for the betterness of betterment of all percolates down in design field as well the other most important aspect in design professionals is documentation, is talking about it, doing research about it, compiling the research, making it into an organized framework, making it into an organized structural work, you know, a structured work. We lose a lot of points there wherein we don't document our work, we don't write about our work, we don't talk about our work, we don't publish our work.
2: We <coughs> Since ancient times, I guess, India has been famous for. We've done so many things, but not documented, and many other people took the credit.
0: See, I mean, if you see the Egyptian pyramids, still, uh, the entire culture is documented in the aerographics that they have on the pyramids, so even maybe very primitive, but it is done anyways. Yes. And we have no idea, uh, you know, how our Vedic villages were. how our, you know, Aryan civilization when, when it developed after Mohenjo-daro and Harappa, what was there was a huge gap architecturally between after the Indus Valley civilization and the next, you know development, architectural development, because that was all timber, maybe, you know, and mud or timber. It was never documented and it was never put down in paper, even our, for that matter, Ramayana and Mahabharata, you know, all that is verbose, which has been handed down over by generation and generation and generation. It was never documented. It's not in our bloods. It's not in our genes. And that in today's world is the most critical aspect of how you perceive to be looked as organized. And design is the one where we lack, I mean, the IT industry is doing so well because of the documentation processes that they follow, because of the paperwork that you do. And we in in design, world, well, we are not doing it at all. And that is a matter of concern, actually. We have no processes at all. I mean, we have, I mean, I've been going to so many juries, architectural juries uh, in the country, national level juries, the IIA, the know. And the kind of work that is happening in our country is so phenomenal. And the young architects doing so phenomenal a work. The quality of work that is happening in our country is worth speaking about. But I am sure you will not come across a design book or an architectural book or an interior design book on the work that is happening in our country. And someone else will come and write about us, someone else will tell that you are doing this, but we are not telling that we are doing this. There is hardly any documentation of the work and that is where we all lack where we you know need to put in our efforts and then that perception will start changing gradually and that perception of uh we uh, be not better than others will start changing gradually
2: I'm sure. Sir, I have seen the projects done by NIT students. They are so beautiful and then it is discarded. I mean, if government wants and if somebody takes the ownership or responsibility, you know, all our external landscaping of our streets and the roundabouts, they can be made absolutely beautiful with those. And those are all discarded projects. So,
0: exactly what you
2: said. <laughs> <laughs> what the perfect, what See, the
0: the awareness of design the awareness of design which is like I, like i told you design is the most vitally critically important aspect in our lives unfortunately we uh, you know discount it we do not take it uh, as a as a very you know that something it, it makes a difference to the quality of your life of your fellow citizens we don't you know we, we don't give it that much of an importance right from the beginning Right from the, from the student, when he starts learning in the first standard in the primary school, secondary school, design is a totally neglected subject these days and this has been done deliberately. I am not sounding nationalistic or anti-colonialism or whatever, but uh, this has been done deliberately by the Britishers, by the invaders or whoever made the educational system. This has been done deliberately. Because if you see, design has always percolated uh, in every aspect of our existence earlier. If you see a traditional village, if you go to South India, if you go to North India, you yes. will find Rangoli, you will have artworks everywhere, I mean, even every not a yeah, single no inch, single, yeah. every,
2: everywhere.
0: not a single inch of space, which is minus design or art or, you know, architecture.
2: It is so engrossing listening to you. I mean, I can't tell you, sir. So, so now coming to the questions related to, directly related to all the architectural institution and I'm sure students and professors who are listening, they would be benefited. So, uh, so how, what do you think that, um, I mean, what, at this juncture, when we are taking a leap, a massive leap, so what architectural colleges or architectural institutions needs to do different so that, you know, what kind of thing so that we actually reach there? Uh I'm sure many <laughs> students and many professors are here and <clears> keen <throat> to listen to you
0: See what happens is what is institutions are the germinators and birthplaces of talent they are actually creating the future of our country Their the future of my country is dependent on my institutions architectural institutions Oh, they are producing a product i mean i'm not calling product in a derivative way but they're creating a product which will determine how my country will be in the next 20 years in the next 30 years you know what my country will do in the next 30 years so they have an immense responsibility they have an immense uh, you know kind of uh, moral commitment to our nation and if they don't understand this then they they they're doing something wrong they're not doing service to our nation and to the to the future of our country i like i said earlier the way we are learning architectural education is wrong something is wrong and we have tried to identify what is wrong what needs to be done and how it can be improved and the government is going to introduce already halfway through the new education policy in which liberalization of education is going to happen now when you take admission architecture you can exit at one year you can exit at two years three years four years five years and so on and on so it gives you lateral admission as well Uh, biology botany student can learn architectural credits or uh, or economist can come and learn something about acoustics or elimination or building services so lot of flexibility and horizontal transformation and transfer and movement will happen and you can bank your credits you can do 10 credits and you can come back after 10 years and do another 10 credits and you know there's a lot of flexibility in the in the whole thing now if that happens that will actually liberate architectural education our institutions need to learn to adopt the new education policy and what it is entails and what it is going to do to architectural education that is the biggest challenge that the institutions are actually uh, actually facing these days so my opinion is that uh, I will not say per se that our institutions are doing bad or they're lacking in you know some kind of the some kind or of the uh, some some or the other way but our institutions need to apply their minds towards not only adopting the new education policy and 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 amalgamating it with the new system that we all will devise but be more committed to the way we are teaching our students committed in the sense committed means commitment to our own selves to our own country and to the students whom we are teaching and that commitment is missing these days because we have no we have now become our educational institutions unfortunately have become businesses they have become you know and we are losing that thin dividing line uh, which existed which is a professional and a businessman what is the difference between a professional and a businessman you know, architecture was always a profession, it was always a profession, but now that line is, uh, you know, getting erased and it is moving towards being a business. And that is the difference wherein the disenchantment disillusionment is coming in, in our field, because we are going through that transition. We are forgetting what a profession is and our institutions need to understand this. Our institutions need to be centers of learning, centers of learning and imparting education Wherein you're building a country, you're building a country through our institutions, not anywhere else. So we are not businesses. I'm not saying you run into losses. I'm not saying you earn, you don't earn money out of it. But there's a difference between a way, ethical, moral difference between a way a business is run and a way an educational institute or a profession is run. And that is what our institutions need to learn. That's the biggest challenge that we all should have.
2: So, sir, there are so many universities under Council of Architecture, and I think with your help, with your advice, I mean, you know, we can take it forward.
0: We're doing it. We're doing a lot of work at the council, holding hands with our institutions. You know, we're doing a lot of oh,
2: uh, With holding uh, hands. Them, sure.
0: yeah.
2: And but so, we'll what goes
0: the... to water can't make it drink. You know, so
2: yeah. <laughs> so sir what would be your advice or tips to the students who are very creative means i mean so that they can you know who want to pursue architecture so that they come they can become more strategic more creative and this is not only for the students in india even india abroad what would be your suggestion to the students
0: students already learning design architecture or students who want to learn design architecture
2: the students who are interested in architecture and already learning architecture or pursuing architecture, but this generation who are in first year second but, year.
0: My advice to those who want to learn architecture, or rather, for that matter, any design field, any design field. Any design field. Any design field needs to brace themselves up for a lot of struggle, lot of struggle, because in design we deal with the intangibles. In design we deal with the intangibles. We don't deal with tangibles. You know. A medical doctor will operate on you, put you right, will put your heart right, will put your bone right. That's a very tangible thing that we see. My hand hand was broken, now it was put right. And that tangible contribution is recognized by this facility. True, true. But an intangible contribution of a designer which affects the, especially an architect, who affects the quality of life of your success. You're spending 24-7 of your lifetime and every day, every minute in Works or buildings designed by architects. And that is affecting our mental health, mental growth, mental happiness, you know, and well being, which is intangible, which goes unacknowledged. So you have a very hard task at your hand if you want to join a design field or an architect's field. You have a very hard task. So you brace yourself for it. Don't cry, horse, you know, uh, <laughs> when life gets tough. Uh, that is for those who are actually wanting to join a design field. But those who are already there, no, already in the mess, if you want to call it, already in the in the thick of it or uh, who are already into first, second, third, fourth year of architecture or design learning. there are a couple of things that you need to do. And I keep telling to a lot of students uh, in my presentations as well that number one, if you don't love yourself, you will not be able to do anything else. First fall in love with you. That means you fall in love with your own self fall in love with the work that you're doing if a single day you feel that you're not liking what you're doing leave it because you will not be able to do justice and if you'll not be able to do justice to what you're doing you will be doing injustice to hundreds and thousands of people so love your work and when you love your work and when you like what you're doing and that is seen you know and then uh, that falling in love with your own self and with your work And the process of work that you're doing makes the romance come alive. If there is no romance in your work, if there is no romance in design, your life is useless. And the useless, the life will become useless for your users as well. For people (laughs) who to buildings as well, you know. So that romance has to be brought in design. That romance has to be rekindled.
1: And
0: and that will happen only, that will happen only when you are yourself in love with with your own self. And so that is first thing that you need to understand, that you need to love what you do, else don't do it, you know. Second, Definitely. and second is you know commitment. Yeah. When you are in love, you are yeah. committed. You know. really? Without commitment, nothing works. So if you're committed to a girlfriend or your wife or your friend or whatever, and then that commitment brings in sincerity. And that sincerity that happens, it's seen in your work. You know. I would want that you understand, my students understand, you know, material. We all have, uh, you know, wives. I may vibe with you. When I meet you for the first time, we may become good friends. You know, we like each other. Then I mean, you think about it. You meet ten people in a day. You like one, you know, you they become best friends, best buddies. But other nine are acquaintances, you know, and someone you don't even get along with. Why does this happen? Now, this happens because of a certain chemistry that happens certain various you know issues that happen between the two same thing is with materials same thing is with materials. how does brick goes with stone how does glass react with the steel and so on and on so let us understand the details of how materials are live human beings like human beings they are life so when we understand this relationship why i'm giving you an example is get into that committed state of mind wherein you are able to work sincerely towards understanding relationships with each other whether it is material a dead uh innate object like material but consider them as human beings and you'll understand the detailing and the way you do detailing the way you give grooves the way you design the way you create excitement all these are very important so you get into the details. And this will happen when you love your work, when you will be committed to your work and when you will be sincere to your work. So without this, you cannot become a good designer. Without these issues, you cannot do justice to what you doing. You may produce designs, you may produce architecture. But what is the difference between, like you are into PMC, you said and construction world, and you know, what is the difference between construction and architecture? You know, what is the difference? Uh, I mean, I will answer, I don't want to
2: <laughs> no, no, I can answer, but so what you feel? I would love to know. I feel difference is whatever the passion and whatever you're trying to create in reality, we turn that into reality. That is what right. I like.
0: that, that is true. That is true. But see, what is construction to me is something that stands, something that creates an envelope, something that is built. You know? Yes. And, and architecture is when you breathe soul into it. Architecture Absolutely. brings that soul into that construction so how do you decipher this soul how do you decipher this uh, aspect of putting soul into a particular construction or a built mass or whatever I'm just giving you a very rare random broad examples so that understanding of what constitutes the soul of a human being the soul of a building you know is architecture and that happens when you love what you're doing when you're sincere when you're committed about what you do and let us understand not only architecture, but any design field, any design. Artists who make these paintings, any. It's a marathon race. It's not a hundred meter dash. Hundred meter dash is a glorious, full of you know glamour. You would know the fastest man or woman on earth, but never know who the marathon winner was. Right. Because glamour is an architectural profession. Learning of design is a marathon race where you need to keep your patience where you need to understand have your seminar strength built up and run slowly and gradually to lead your you know so these couple of things which we all need to learn and understand and these are the you know i wouldn't say an advice because i am not that old to give advice to <laughs> anyone but uh, although i may look that but uh, uh, but these are key key issues you know for so I would
2: like to say one thing here many people ask me do you think I should uh, send my kid uh, to uh, study architecture this that so I always tell them the second largest GDP co- contributor is real estate and real estate without architects is not possible so you know after agriculture if you want your kid to earn money the person should go to architecture so I am very very clear about it because once you do architecture, once you learn the construction management, the entire circle is complete for you. You know how to design, how to build, then only you become, you know, best in your industry. So that is what I always say and even I want my daughters to be also turn you know, architecture that later on, you know, build beautiful buildings.
0: I, I, I don't say anything. I say my wife is an architect. I say my wife is an architect. Both my daughters are architects. Is that oh. not enough of proof?
2: Yeah, is it all
0: I sir? Oh, it, had it not been a good profession then i would not have risked the career and lives of my daughters so true,
2: true, true. <laughs> true, sir. So, so now we would all like to know your uh, you know how the i mean being so many decades in this design architecture entire journey of yours how the process has changed how the things have evolved and what is your current you know experience so if you can tell us a brief about this little journey and you know design from there to design till you know so.
0: uh see when we started uh, uh, when i came back from the us and first of all i'll tell you how i came in work is that what you want to know i mean is that what you want to know and then
2: yes sir from there to here your journey, the entire design gamut you know so that why well,
0: took a gamble because see honestly i was not never interested in physics chemistry mathematics i was very really poor at it i didn't like the subjects i never understood why is two plus two four i actually never understood and why we as <laughs> human beings have actually made you know some laws of motion you know some laws of something And we have made chemistry, we have made formulas, and we have deciphered them. I used to, I mean, I thought it was always interfering nature's way of working. I always thought that. So one of my teachers said, if you are questioning the fundamentals of physics and mathematics and chemistry, then you are not fit for it. So then one of my teachers said, no, no, you do one thing, you go into any creative field. Then I realized that if I go into a creative field, I will not be probably able to make a living, a decent living. The creative field to me at that time was restricted only to painters, you know, artists.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Between <laughs> I, I mean, we had no internet, we had no information. So whatever you could see, you know, amongst yourself, your society is what I, I saw. So I said, the painter is a book, he It was long, I'm talking 40-45 years ago. So then someone told me to architect become an architect. So i said architect karta hai, hai. I said, that, that seems to be a little better option so i mean apart from cutting the story short that's how i even entered into architecture but basically because of my dislike for mathematics chemistry and physics but then i realized studying architecture had all these you know why nice. escape myself i couldn't escape myself from uh, i mean chemistry and materials and physics and acoustics illumination, uh-huh. everything was there mathematics structures was there yes. but nevertheless i mean so and then i then I realized that okay, I'm in the right field because, I mean, before entering architecture, I used to criticize you know, the aesthetics of whatever was around around me, in my city, in my house, in my, the way people used to dress, the way people used to walk, talk. I used to you know, have a critical eye in seeing that. Then I realized I'm in the right field. So that's how I became an architect. And then I went to the U.S. to expand my horizons, come back. But when I came back, I started my practice in Nagpur the tier two city at that time I and mean, still it's not a very metro city interior designing or designing was carpenter carpenter doing the yeah. job the and the mason was an architect you know, or engineer so called engineer at that time so that's how we started the work and then the value addition that you bring into the table the the profession that happens to you know to, the, to all of us that we grow slowly gradually that happened with me normal lifestyle. But there was one difference. And that difference, I'll tell you. Uh, Sorry, there were two differences, uh, if I call it differences, then what others I see or the younger generation not doing. First is you need to create a brand for yourself. You know, you have to create a name for yourself. How the hell do you create brand yourself? How do you do that? All our young professionals, irrespective whether they're employed, they're working with someone in whatever field they're doing, they need to create a brand of your name. And that is very, very important for a consultant. You go to a market and buy a 10 rupee fountain pen or a ballpoint pen. And if it, the cap is broken or has a crack, you don't buy it. You go buy a bigger car and it has a small, small pinpoint uh, of a scratch there. You will say, I don't want to buy a car. And here you're spending thousands of rupees, lakhs of rupees, crores of rupees. And why should client accept efficient service? You know, and why should he come to you? Before he comes to you as a consultant because you know more than him. And that needs a creation of a brand value. And every designer should concentrate on creating a brand value. Now, how you do it physically, internally, mahal kaise banana is your report, but you need to create a brand. Second, whatever you do, good work, bad work, you know, average work, and you may think you're producing good work, but actually it may be average in someone else's eyes, but do talk about it, do write about it unless you talk to your own professionals, unless you give speeches, presentations, or go to presentations and see, you will not be able to improve. And that is what I did. I started talking about my, when I did my two projects, uh, they were complete, and I started talking about them. Okay, this is how, what I have done. This is what I have done. This is, that's how you get invited. That's how you are spoken about. Yeah. Someone criticizes you, and then you learn. So just you talk about your work, and then you will realize how fast you improve, How fast you improve. So these are two things which I did concentrate uh, earlier in my career. And then I realized working in isolation doesn't work. You have to work in collaboration and collaboration working means that you have to give back to the profession, what profession has given you. I may not have been very successful financially or otherwise at that time, but then I started contributing in professional organizations becoming their office bearers or whatever. And me being the president of the council is a continuation of that uh, thought process when you want to give back to the community or do something for the community, a community which has given so much to you. You know, So much means enriching me as an individual, not necessarily in terms of financial power or, or otherwise or projects or whatever. Enriching me as a human being, architecture and architectural community and profession has made me a, a better human being, made me a more sensitive human being have enriched my soul and my existence. So I'm giving it back to society and to the profession. So these are things which we owe young architects and designers, irrespective, whether you're working for your own, whether you have an office or you're uh, an employee, you need to do all of it. And that is very, very critical for a professional. So this has been my journey up till now. I and mean, it has a lot of pitfalls. It has a lot of high points, a lot of negative points, but that's part of life, I think, you know. You never know when you will get a next project you know you'll be sitting idle for a couple of months and then what do you do so you know it, that insecurity is everywhere in front of
2: Correct. great sir great so uh sir just one thing now as professionals What do you think the attributes of the skill set is required so that, you know, we are ready, the young generation is ready for the, you know, start their professional journeys? Because we are at the cusp of technology and science. Like you said, everything is there in architecture and now everything is going super beyond stuff. So what would you think that the skill set or attributes are required as professionals for everyone to be better, better than before?
0: See, (laughs) there are again tangible and intangible skill sets. So let us, let us talk of tangible skill sets. If you talk of tangible skill sets, then they are, you know, your knowledge of coding, your knowledge of understanding technology, your knowledge of understanding processes on how these technologies work, your knowledge of understanding the process of basically application of these systems in in architecture or architecture education or architecture professions so this is something which is very critical for us for all of us to understand uh, for the young profession yes. especially what are the systems you know how do you put this in place so these are tangible things you know tangible skill sets
1: the exactly. future
0: of our country and the future of our world will be dependent on the skill sets that we achieve so we need to have basically skilled professionals who, who are having specific skills you know specific skills now, these skill, skills, I told you, has to be have to be a whole encompassing holistic uh, skill set. I mean, you may be very good in management. I may be very good in in you know processes. Someone else may be very good in uh, handicraft. Some may be good in technology. We collectively together as a skill set nation will be leading the world. And I'll tell you why. Because they are tangible uh, skill sets. India is the only country with double digit talent positive quotient
1: mm.
0: you know, there's only one country which is also china and brazil brazil is in single digit china and india are in two, two, two mm-hmm. digits india is double than china all other countries in the world all other countries in the world are talent deficit that means in the next decade india would be exporting talent to the world talent to the world i mean mark my words Now what happens when this happens, what happens when this, when this will happen, not, unfortunately design as a field, which architecture is also part of that design in, in the entire volume of this export that will happen. I'm talking of benefit of all in the longer sure. sure. We contribute not even 2% design professionals, which is very sad to know, although design-related work that is happening is more than 40%. So there is huge potential of how India can export talent. And if there's a gap of 38% deficit, 38% deficit of exporting our services, you know, and an economy, I'm not an economist, but as a, as a layman, I understand economy grows only when you export and you don't import. That is. that's a fundamental of your growth yes. and can imagine what will happen in the next decade to have that you need to have tangible assets, tangible skill sets and when that happens a uh, uh, world is your you know, playground and that will very happen very soon in the next two decades. Unfortunately, architecture and design services now have been included with our efforts in the last two years as a service in the Services Export Promotion Council under Ministry of Commerce, which means design services are also legally, you know, allowed to export services now. So so this is a huge thing for our profession. Uh, But apart from that, uh, we talked of tangible skill sets, now we'll talk of intangible skill sets. Now, intangible skill sets, the biggest nemesis of the current generation is the time span is the attention time span.
2: Attention. Biggest attention time span. Biggest, Biggest. nemesis. So
0: we need to learn. I mean, you may call it tangible, but actually it's an intangible thing because they are born with this, you know,
1: Probably. my
0: nine months old granddaughter need, knows how to handle a mobile phone and what it is. So they're born with this. So attention time span has to be taken care of. That's an intangible thing that we all need to do. Uh, this generation needs to do to develop that you know uh, that advice that you're asking me And see there's a triad of information knowledge and wisdom the generation our future of our country the next generations need to understand that information is not knowledge and information that is available to you information that is available to you is not necessarily correct you get my <laughs> point and that is a skill that we need to develop not only in design field but in every field of our existence today
2: verified Info-
0: information is available on our fingertips only really these <laughs> days information is available on our fingertips whether that is right or wrong we need to process
2: sure.
0: so a teacher teaches you how to convert this information into knowledge. We need to learn this process. We need to learn this skill set of converting that information that is available into knowledge base, into knowledge.
2: True, so very true. So I think with this, we come to an end. Of pleasure, pleasure. Pleasure, sir.
0: Always. Thank you for listening to CII Podcasts.